All right, welcome to the Apple Store Soho in New York. Please welcome this evening's moderator, marketing executive, and the ultimate hacker of human behavior, Ms. Kim Rushton. Thank you. Thank you all so much for coming. I'm thrilled to be here, and it is an absolute privilege to share the stage with our guest. He, we all know why we're here and who we're here for. He needs little introduction. Extras called him the love child of TMZ and The Economist. Variety Magazine says he's the best in the business. And my favorite review of his new book, The Kim Kardashian Principle, says he is sexy, intelligent, and full of swagger. I think that applies to him as much as it does the book. And I can't top that, possibly. So <laughs> a large round of applause for Jitendra Sidev. So, first things first. Yes, dear. Kim Kardashian. This is a woman who is reviled the world over in many respects to the point that we have apps specifically designed to delete any reference of her from our social and news feeds. Why Kim Kardashian? Gosh, I mean, you know, why not Kim Kardashian, I think, is um, the question um, we could potentially ask. I mean, she is a pioneer, a cultural force, a grand scale indicator of things that are to come. You know, her, her mega mix of vulnerability, narcissism and sheer audaciousness has fundamentally redefined um, our culture in many ways. So, um, you know, I think I think that's kind of enough, you know. I mean, if, if we're not going to accept that, if we're, you know, if we're going to continue to deny that, I think that there's an issue here. Okay. Yeah, so what exactly is the Kim Kardashian principle? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, well, it's, it's the name of my book. So is um, that. And, um, and I describe my book as um, part memoir, part marketing guide, and part manifesto for narcissism. Um, but also, um, it is, and I'd actually love to um, read... Um, a section right. from the book for you guys, um, if you'd allow me to, which actually explains that better than I do. Um, so here goes in terms of what is the Kim Kardashian principle. So what is the Kim Kardashian principle? It's breaking through by becoming your own champion. It will help you and your ideas connect with today's audiences who are radically different from their predecessors. It won't be easy though. It takes time and energy to unlearn deeply ingrained attitudes and behaviors and truly open your mind to seeing the world in a different way. The KKP requires you to use both reason and acknowledge emotions. It requires you to be brave enough to follow through and act on your convictions. Once you take the plunge, it's worth it. It's effective as well as empowering to say and mean, this is who I am, this is what I believe, and this is what my idea is about. Love it or leave it. Ideas, products, services, and people that follow the Kim Kardashian principle are the ones that will break through against all odds and at all costs and come out on top, just like Kim. These ideas don't traffic in shame and have little regard for the judgment of others. They exude authenticity and ultimately they define the culture. The KKP isn't just about breaking the rules, it's about creating your own rules. It's not about living up to other people's standards, but living up to your own standards. The principle demands that you be so true to who you are and what you believe at all times that you can't help but convey your DNA to everyone you touch. Thank you. So uh, hopefully, 
you know, hopefully that clarifies um, what the KKP is about. It's ultimately about blazing your own trial. It's about becoming your own champion. And, um, and Kim, I would love to actually talk a bit about, um, I do a lot of research around celebrity um, and around branding and around image, and I'd love to take you through a bit of that yeah. in, terms of, um, in terms of explaining also um, how I got to the Kim Kardashian principle. So, um, you know, a lot of the research that I do is understanding um, how, um, how to connect, how to break through in today's world, whether it's our personal image, whether it is a company that's trying to connect with millennials. And we know that today's generation is very different. You know, it's a digitally native generation. Um, they're, they're raised around the digital world. Generation Z are coming up behind millennials. They're also digital natives. And, um, and essentially, um, you know, what, what I found through my research um, about four or five years ago was that YouTubers and digital influencers were more influential amongst this audience than traditional celebrities. So the likes of PewDiePie and Smosh and KSI were more influential than the likes of um, Jennifer Anston or Brad Pitt. Um, and I thought that warranted looking into that a little further. You know, I was curious as to why that was the case. I was also curious as to why some of the most sophisticated marketers in the world and some of the most sophisticated CMOs in the world um, were unable to crack the millennial consumer when these YouTubers had managed to do so. These kind of 14, 15, 16-year-old YouTubers managed to do so. And the answer to that question surprisingly was in a picture of Kim Kardashian's ass. Now, I'm gonna ask you a few questions and um, I, would love, I would love to hear um, your responses by show of hands. How many people in this room think this woman is smart? Okay, so we've got, we've got a few people who put up their hands. All right, so this, this um, uh, um, guy turned girl, how many people in this room think this person is a freak? Okay. We're in New York. Nobody, nobody put up their hand. All right, third question. How many people think that Moonlight this year won the Oscar for best movie because the cast was predominantly black? Okay, a few people put up their hand. So when we look at the statistics, we actually see that um, Kim Kardashian, 62% of millennials in private surveys actually say that Kim Kardashian is inspiring. So on the surface, we hear the constant slut shaming, but really deep down, people are often thinking something very different. 73% of people actually think Caitlyn Jenner is a fraud versus a friend, and it has very little to do with transgender. So on the surface, the conversation might be, go rah, 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 dad, become a woman. But deep down, people are actually very fearful of that. So sometimes the rhetoric can be very different to what people are really feeling. 63% of people think that Moonlight winning the Oscar in private surveys was partly to do with the fact of the color of the, um, color of the cast. So what we're seeing here is that there is a difference in today's audiences with what they are saying and what they are feeling, what they are claiming to believe and what they really believe. And that difference creates an opportunity for us 
as people who are developing our brands, our images, or our companies. Um, and, that, and that difference is, that opportunity rather, is what I call the opportunity to package and sell authenticity. Um, and another name for it, of course, is the Kim Kardashian principle. Now, the Kim Kardashian principle, if you choose to study it, or even better, if you choose to embrace it, can be remarkably liberating because it can allows you to say what you want to say, do what you want to do, and be who you want to be. And I think that is probably the best answer that I can give for how I came up with this principle. Yeah, and on to the question of relevance in the practical sense. Uh, is this going to help my dating life? <laughs> is it going to help your dating life? You know, well, I'm going to go on to talk about the actual... Um, I'm going to go on to talk about the six different um, principles of um, the Kim Kardashian principle. There are six tenets of the Kim Kardashian principle, which I will go into now. But yes, it is a business framework. You can also use it in the bedroom. I have used it in the bedroom. It has worked very well. So with that in mind, let me move on, let me move on to... Um, we'll take your question in a minute. Let me move on to the next... Um, to the, next, um, to the next point, which is essentially about reclaiming your authenticity. So rule number one for the Kim Kardashian principle, these are the key takeaways for your own brand or for any brand that you might be creating as entrepreneurs. One is find what's unique about you and amp it up. So what we see with Kim Kardashian is she has done, she has done exactly that. She is Armenian, she is a brunette, she has a body shape that is very different from what Hollywood considers to be a sex symbol. And yet she has not tried to conform. She has actually exacerbated those, those um, distinctions. And as a result, she has broken molds, she has busted um, different myths, and she has reformed ideas of what it means to be a sex symbol. And that's incredibly brave, you know, living in Hollywood and seeing just how many people conform into a sea of sameness is almost terrifying. And that requires a lot of bravery. And we see that that's happening more and more now. You know, we see how, you know, with, um, we see a lot of leading people in Hollywood now. We're seeing more and more people come through in leading men and women's roles who may not necessarily be Caucasian. We see, you know, we, we see people, you know, Latinas who are playing more roles than just the stereotype roles that they were initially um, casted to based on how they were looking. So this sort of looking at what my uniqueness is now, looking at what I, what, what I distinctively own and really owning it and amping it up is important. All right, so that's rule number one. Rule number two is it's better to be overexposed than edited today. So for years we've been told as marketers to curate our messages to people, to position ourselves to people, and to be really careful in our word choices, in the sentences, you know, a lot of research when it comes to marketing, we actually go out and we ask people to kind of, we test each line, and I've got Kim in the audience is nodding, we test each word and then we repeat it back to them. But today it's actually about transparency, it's about overexposure, and we see that with the candidness as well of YouTubers and digital influencers. Number three, you know, we have been told time and again to make our ideas audience-centric, but today, ideas should be you-centric. 
What do you believe in? What do you stand for? Do you have the courage of your convictions? And then allow audiences to decide whether they like that or they don't. So you're empowering your audience. Four, flaws make you fascinating, so embrace yours. So why did I choose this photograph? Yes, absolutely, this person is a nutcase. What he's done is absolutely wrong. But in the same time, that's really not where the conversation is interesting. Where the conversation gets interesting is that why do we find this image so arresting? Why are we drawn towards this image? And it's this because this person has such self-belief, he is willing to sacrifice everything for it. So that sort of self-conviction is powerful with audiences today. So we want to imbue that in our ideas, in our, in our own personal brands, but of course without the gun. The next, uh, next um, tenet rather is around intimacy and today recognizing that intimacy is no longer a one-on-one -on -one affair. You can be intimate with more than one person. Any organization who is expecting intimacy, who's expecting to own that consumer um, is going to be mistaken. And those are the rules wrapped up nicely in a framework called selfie. Surprise, expose, lead, flaws, intimate, and execute. And that can be applied just as much to your personal brand as it can to a business. And based on the shamelessness, I want to just <laughs> How can we put this into just in case I wasn't getting my point across and I wasn't myself being authentic about why I was actually here today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was that. But, um, remember, authenticity is a zero-sum game today. Yeah, sorry. Back to you, Kim. Thank you for letting me do that. Uh, thank you for telling me I could be intimate with more than one person. That's fabulous. Um, most people, you know, in your book, you talk about a lot of things, but one of them is about the power of being hated. Most people desperately want to be liked. So what's that about? How does that work? You know, hate today is very much a status symbol. You know, if you're not hated, in my perspective, you don't have a strong enough point of view in the marketplace. Um, so, you know, you see some of the biggest brands in the world, some of the some of the most successful people in the world are polarizing. You know, there's Apple versus PC, there's Coke versus Pepsi. You know, there's Kim Kardashian's fans, and there are people who are not her fans. I don't think we need to um, shy away from being hated. Um, because what that often means is that we start catering to the lowest common denominator. You know, I think we need to embrace hate and we need to understand that we are expressing our point of view and our own perspective on the world. And those people who are expressing hate are also doing that. So, you know, it was interesting when I, when I tweeted today that um, my book had come out, um, you know, I got a lot of hate on social media. And, um, and I decided to retweet that hate as well. And... Um, and, um, and that's because I respected that, you know. It evokes thought, it evokes an opinion, and that's what you want to do. You know, in my book, I'm not necessarily interested in people agreeing with me, I'm interested in provoking thought, and that's half the battle won, and that's what your brand should do as well. So, another point is, you know, we have a culture where we have apps like Facetune, which if you aren't familiar with it, can take the most dreadful photo of you and turn you into a cover model in about two and a half seconds. <laughs> and most people are terrified, absolutely, utterly terrified to even admit that we have flaws, let alone 
to embrace them and roll with them. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and what you mean by that and how that manifests? Yeah, I, I really think that um, in 2017, I think perfection is passe and it's really your flaws that make you fascinating. Um, it is, um, you know, flaws equal vulnerability and vulnerability is the new sexy. It's really difficult for us to actually put our flaws out on the line because we've been trained in one way or another to cover those up. Um, but you've got to do it because it's what makes you human and it's what makes you relatable. Um, and, no, and, and, and no one believes anyone's perfect anyway, any, anyhow. So. Well, so this is interesting because there was that, there was that um, movement of the no makeup selfie. Right, so Alicia Keys, a number of other celebrities. Yeah, if only, if only yeah. those celebrities were actually not wearing makeup in their no makeup <laughs> selfies. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're making a good effort, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. a nice shot, right? <laughs> now, you talk about also about the boxes and how the world stereotypes people and wants us to fit neatly into one tiny little box. And that's not necessarily how, who we actually are, how we actually work. So tell us more about Yeah, I think that's really the opportunity. I think we spoke about it yeah. a bit earlier by breaking down stereotypes. But you even see in the world of business today, you know, you see how CEOs initially were purely behind the scenes. Then you get people like Marissa Meyer who can do, you know, a, a, a multi-page shoot in Vogue magazine, you know, the, the ex-CEO of Yahoo. I hope that wasn't the reason why she became the ex-CEO. Um, I don't but think you, so. But, but, you also, but you also see Tyra Banks, who is not only a top model, but one of the most successful TV producers um, in, the, um, in the US. So I do think now that these kind of boundaries are blurring, you know, and these kind of conventional boxes, the opportunities is actually break that down and say, you know what, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an artist, I'm neither, I'm either, I'm both. Oh, that was quite good. Where did that come from? Okay, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Where did that come from? Probably the Maybe same place. Maybe my book. Maybe your yeah. book. Maybe the same place as this so-called star-making mentality of boob jobs and bleaching has produced more hookers than heroes. Yes. Mm. Maybe that. Maybe that, Maybe too. That. And, you know, that, that, that line was very much going towards, um, you know, the trap that a lot of people who are building their images fall into when they move out to Hollywood. You know, they think that they need to look a certain way or act a certain way in order to fit a certain mold and then make it uh, and then be successful. And um, typically what ends up happening to them is um, not a lot. Well, yeah. they're commoditized at that point, so. Yeah. Yeah. So one last question, I think, before we open things up to the audience, and that's you talk about being you-centric versus audience-centric. And is this a little bit like throwing gasoline on the cult of narcissistic personality because it seems like it could be misinterpreted or misconstrued. So could you tell us more about what that means in your world? What, what do you mean? Sorry. I mean, you, you've, you've said something that's... Is it encouraging narcissism? Yeah, is it encouraging narcissism? Is it... You know, I don't, I don't think it... Well... You know, I think that if you're going to interpret narcissism in a negative manner, um, I would say um, no, uh, at least from my perspective. Um, you know, I do think there can be some very positive characteristics to narcissism. You know, narcissism in teenagers and children are often, can often be 
an opportunity to survive a very turbulent time. Um, but I also think that if people want to champion themselves today, if people want to promote themselves today, I don't think that they, I don't think that gives us license to demonize, degrade, and vilify them um, just because they don't fit into a pre-existing neat box. Um, so if we're going to feel comfortable labeling narcissists as lazy, entitled, dumb, stupid, talentless, or whatever the other terms that we'd like to give them, um, I hope my book does encourage narcissism, <laughs> yes. Okay, thank you. So. Hi, um, I just had uh, three quick points and you can address them just or not. three. <laughs> well, they, I mean, you were so wide ranging. Um, firstly, um, I I'm wanted to challenge a little bit your assertion about Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian's authenticity. I mean, we found that she too has been prone to manipulating her image before it comes out, filtering, being very careful and very strategic about what she does and how she talks about. So I'm wondering if it's more the portrayal of authenticity versus the actuality of authenticity. Um, secondly, I was just curious about your use of um, Caitlyn Jenner um, and Mahershala in your presentation. It seemed to be a little bit of a non sequitur in terms of putting up a person who is black and trans. And I didn't understand how that fit in with your the, the principle that you were talking about in terms of authenticity and the gap in that. Um, and lastly, one of the logical conclusions of your um, emphasis on narcissism could be our our current president. Um, and it's clear that his narcissism may have gotten him to the White House, but it's also very clear that it's inhibiting his ability to be effective in the role. So I'm wondering if you believe that narcissism has any any limits, or is it mainly for you just a brand building tool? Gosh, I mean, three really good questions. Um, so thank you for asking them. The first question um, was around Kim Kardashian being authentic or not authentic. Um, and I think that's relative. I don't think that there is any one person in the world that is going to be the ultimate idea of authenticity. I talk about this in the book, and I actually compare the Dalai Lama to Elon Musk. And I say, who is the most effective leader? You know, who is the most narcissistic? What are both their underlying intentions and motivations? And who is being most honest about it? Right? And as a result, being most effective. So, and I think I end up with, um, and if the Dalai Lama was also to truly let us in on his intentions, we would be truly allowed to see some post-party action on his Instagram page. And maybe as a result, he would be even more effective in, uh, you know, uh, amongst the, the Buddhists in Tibet, right? So I think it's a relative uh, question. That's number one. But what we have seen for sure is that we have seen Kim do things based on what she wants to do in her own way against the rules of what other people, um, against the status quo, right? So an example of that would be her nude selfie, where she posted for herself and she felt liberated and yet people still felt the need to demonize and degrade her for that. So I think that in that way, she's incredibly authentic in that terms. Your second question was with regards to the visuals for Caitlyn Jenner and then, um, and then the other visual. And the question to you, uh, sorry, the answer to that was what I was trying to show there is that on the surface, the rhetoric when Bruce Jenner um, transformed into Caitlyn Jenner the rhetoric there was very positive on social media. So we saw a lot of trending going on, kind of, go it was very pro-Caitlyn Jenner, 
you know, and then when she released the, you know, the Vanity Fair article, it was very pro Caitlyn Jenner. But private surveys actually show that people are not pro Caitlyn Jenner in that way. It's not to do with, tra it's not to do with um, 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 transgender um, phobia. Um, it is more to do with um, di distrust and not really, no fear and distrust, not really knowing who transgender people really are, not knowing what they've done under their makeup, under their outfits and so forth. So there is an inbuilt level of distrust and fear within the United States towards those of transgender. So that was what I was trying to show. I was trying to show that oftentimes people will, will feel silenced or they won't feel that they can say that because they'll feel that they will be labeled or they will be considered to be transphobic when that's actually not the case. And your third question was? Donald Trump and the limits. Oh, the limits, okay. I don't think, <laughs> firstly, I don't think, um, you know, we don't know what the outcome of Trump's presidency is going to be yet. You know, to many of us, you know, the whole thing is horrifying. But at the same time, I think that, you know, there are lessons to be learned. What sort of images, what sort of ideas, what sort of personalities are breaking through and winning, period, bottom line. Donald Trump is in office today because he's an extension of us. That's it, right? So in order to be in denial of that or not want to recognize that, is, or not, I'm not saying that that's, that's where you are, but it's only going to keep us behind the, you know, behind the game or the ball, so to speak. Hopefully that answers your questions. Thank you. Um, one thing that I have struggled with and am currently struggling with is that I have a lot of creative projects. So I make films, I do art, I'm a designer, um, I am starting a nonprofit, I do arts programming with homeless kids. The struggle that I have is how do I make that kind of consistent um, without losing kind of the attention of an audience? That's yeah, a really good question. You know, well, firstly, I would say that the people who are probably saying you're doing too much are the people who probably haven't seen anyone do what you do, right? So they're only, they're within the paradigms of their own minds. Um, you know, I think there's a big opportunity today for people to really diversify their portfolios. And that's really where the trend is going. You know, it's no longer about, well, I'm about this, so I shouldn't be doing that, and I can't be doing this, and I can just do this, and this is, you know. Today it's about execute, which is actually the last tenet of the principle, which is getting out there, trying multiple things, seeing what works. You know, this is not going to damage your brand. There's more flexibility, more entrepreneurialism, you know, more optimism in that sense than ever before. I mean, you can take me for an example, if I may, and I write about this in the book. You know, I started off my, um, you know, I started off my education within medical science. I then did you know, an MBA. I then did a degree in history. You know, I was a banker. Then I was a creative person. Now I'm a media person. And if I were to ask anyone at any one stage of those boxes, could I be the other person? They would be like, no. You know, that's not where you're meant to be. You're meant to be here. And you're not meant to be over there. But guess what? I am also over there. And I'm also in front and I'm behind. You know, I've written my book and I'm also on the cover of my book. And that's deliberate because what it's showing now is that those are the sorts of things that are going to 
hopefully gain attention and, and those are the sorts of people that are going to break through. So keep doing many things. Hey, uh, so Hi you ben. mentioned before uh, about not editing your message so much, and I was just wondering how you manage the, the risk of that. You see some celebrities, um, like I'll use the example of Milo, the uh, conservative talk guy, um, who kind of went too far, uh, but still was kind of on brand. So how do, you, how do you manage the risk of not editing yourself? You know, it's a good question. I don't think that the risk can be managed. I think a risk management conversation then actually inevitably puts you back into a particular box. I think when we look at YouTubers, you know, and let's say, for example, we look at PewDiePie, who most recently, you know, got a little risk aggressive, and he put out a video and he was dropped by Disney, right? Um, is it going to affect his brand? Probably not. If that's what he truly stands for, and that's what he's built his audience around, then he should stick with that. Because trying to be something else is not going to be effective. And besides, I don't think anybody knew that PewDiePie was even with Disney. So <laughs> it didn't make much of a difference. I think I kind of understand the principle, <laughs> and, and I understand how the principle applies to celebrities. But you know, as a marketer, um, someone who's been a steward of a brand, typically companies are very risk averse. So I think about launching a campaign for a product where consumers said they hated it, you know, the company would immediately want to retreat and kind of can that. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about a brand that you think is doing this effectively right now that is kind of employing a similar, a Kim Kardashian-like approach, yeah, other no, than Apple, of course. Absolutely, of course I will. So I don't know whether you've heard of Think, the period-proof panties. Okay, so we have lots of yeses. And I, don't, um, I won't ask the next question, sorry, because <laughs> you had a whole load of women on that side. But I think Think is essentially busting through with a very brave positioning. You know, it is about you know, talking about periods very candidly. Um, it is not wrapping them up in any kind of, um, you know, genteel or nice conversation. Is it, what it is what it is. And as a result, it was a challenger brand that kind of busted through and broke, broke through. Um, I want to also give another example. I, I draw upon, in the book, I draw upon examples from um, business, from history, from pop culture, um, from science. Another example is Madame X. I don't know whether you've heard of the painting. Um, and Madame X, um, an 18th century um, painting, um, where this woman, amongst all the nudes in the Paris Salon, posed with a, just a strap that has slipped off her shoulder. But it was her, it was her pose, it was her disdain for what other people thought of her. It was her so-called arrogance that caused absolute mayhem. And, and I think that's what we need to see more of today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much indeed. Thank I you. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, and please do stay in touch. <laughs>